Welcome to the Biz Design Enterprise Architecture Podcast. I'm your host, Will Hardison, and in these podcasts, we talk to leaders in the areas of enterprise architecture and how they and their teams deliver value to their organizations to advance strategy, optimize operations, and reduce and manage risks. Now, let's get down to business. Hey there, and welcome to the show. I'm Will Hardison, one of Biz Design's marketing managers, and I'm so glad you're listening to today's episode. Today, I have Dan Belleville, one of our senior pre-sales consultants. Now, chances are pretty good that if you've been around the EA space, you've heard the name Dan Belleville. Well, in this episode, we discuss the top challenges facing enterprise architects and this dual pull that enterprise architects face between being effective or efficient. Now, we all know one of the keys to being a good EA is the value that you can show to the organization. Well, Dan explains how to achieve this and more in today's episode. Dan, thanks for joining me today. You bet, Will. Glad glad to be able to participate. So, Dan is actually one of our senior pre-sales consultants here at BizDesign. Now, okay, before you stop listening because I use the word sales, uh, this episode has very little to do with sales at all. And in fact, uh, much more around the challenges that Dan hears in conversations with fellow enterprise architects. I mean, Dan's been doing this for, I don't want to add too much season <laughs> to you, Dan, but you've been doing this, what, over 20 years now? Yeah, uh, around 23 years. Um, and that was uh, somewhere around midway in my IT career path. So. Okay. That did date me a bit. <laughs> so, so, well, yeah, well, nobody crunched the numbers, but we'll just leave it at like 23 years in this industry. Um, but, you know, I, mean, I think before we get to all those challenges, you know, I think everyone uh, listening should know about our time in Vegas together. Um, and we actually we met when, you know, over in Amsterdam for this year's company kickoff. I think I was like brand, brand new to the company, like two weeks in, I'm going overseas to Amsterdam. Uh, We met briefly, but we really got to know each other in Vegas at the Gartner Application uh, and Solution Summit a couple of weeks ago as of recording this podcast. Um, So I'm curious what you thought of the show. You know, it was really good. It was the first year we did that show. And of course, I've helped out with some of the other uh, larger shows. So I wasn't sure, you know, being specific and how many folks are coming, what it'd be like. And, you know, I think the other guys that helped us all agreed. It was fantastic. We had a lot of leadership positions, but also folks that were looking to want to not only establish things from an IT perspective, but from an enterprise architecture perspective that came by. And we had a lot of good conversations. So, yeah, I mean, we certainly did. I mean, our, our booth was always seemingly busy with the right people, um, and we met a lot of great people. But, Dan, i got to be honest with you, man, I think you're missing one key element uh, from our trip. And I think, I mean, I think that everybody needs to know your love for a good electronic slot machine. And <laughs> uh, certainly there's one in particular. I think I remember we were sitting at dinner the first evening and you're like, man, I, I got to find the golden Buddha machine. I got to find this golden Buddha machine. And I'm like, what is this guy talking about? Um, you know, and and uh, I got to be honest with you, Buddha is not too kind to you. I think I, I, I don't I'm not going to throw numbers out again uh, for the sake of 
of you. Um, but uh, it took all your money, I do believe. Yeah, yeah well, first let's define the love of, right? <laughs> I, uh, not, I'm not showing very much love there. Now, you know, it was funny because I played that machine before and then I convinced a couple of the other guys, I think, to, hey, we could partner up on this and we'll split up what we walk away with. And, you know, when you split zero, it's pretty easy math. Yeah, that's a <laughs> Luckily, it was a, a modest amount, but it was fun. There was no doubt. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I watched you guys for about 20, 30 minutes after dinner and I was like, well, I see where this is going. Um, <laughs> so but hey, here's a here's a segue that I did not see coming while preparing for this episode. So much like playing an electronic slot machine in Vegas, um, you know, enterprise architects can certainly face a decent amount of challenges. Right. So. Um, I mean, I'd love to use the time that I have with you uh, to have you dive into those challenges for us and, you know, I mean, how you've been able to help coach uh, people around them, because uh, I do think, you know, there are a ton of challenges, but we won't outline all of them. But, you know, just in talking to you, um, preparing for this episode and our time in Vegas, it sounds like there's one big overall theme and that is kind of the uh the the dual pool if you will of how does an ea uh balance effectiveness versus efficiency right so i will let you kind of take it from here and outline the big theme and then i know that there's some bullet points underneath each of those topics that you can go on forever about but you know i'll, I'll the stage is yours my friend to kind of dive in for us yeah, that's really good, Will. Um, I mean, it's been quite a few years along this journey, and you know, there's all kinds of challenges that we could talk about today, but I like those two categories because when you think about it and you break that down, there's different perceptions that folks have about, you know, EA or enterprise architecture. And uh I think you know, some of that can relate to those two things competing against one another. So yeah, I'd like to break down those challenges around those two areas. And and like you said, they do compete, right? So I can think about it this way. I could be effective. Um, and I remember working uh, for a very large firm in the IT space. Uh, gosh, it was about 23 years ago where we started the enterprise architecture practice at this particular firm. I was one of the first EAs really that was part of that. And we wanted to think of it as a practice and we wanted to make sure that we were doing a great job so we spent a long time trying to be effective, but so long that you kind of lose that time to value or time to market. We we spent too long trying to be effective, and you know there, you end you can get to a point where you end up with you know losing your leadership sponsorship and trying to make everything perfect. So you know that was one of the things I would I would look at there, and yet being effective is very important. Right. So we'll talk about efficiency in a minute. But if you wanted to think about effectiveness, it's really about two things. One is that I find, um, how do you really represent EA from a daily, weekly and monthly set of activities that you're doing to support key initiatives and projects that you're attached to as a part of your EA practice? And actually to be a part of that, um, but also to contribute to that. But those projects themselves or initiatives are things to understand because you may be trying to be, you know, very effective against lower priority activities 
uh, whether they be projects or initiatives. So also to be effective is to really understand the landscape from a very high level perspective, which would be, and then break that down. So I'm either part of trying to accelerate strategy, trying to optimize you know, the operations of the organization and trying to help manage risk. Now those can even be brought up higher than that in terms of a value perspective and say, hey, let's let's attach, accelerate strategy to increasing revenue. How can, how can I, as and how can the EA practice contribute to revenue? What is the contribution there? Um, the other one might be optimized operations where you're looking at how can I really help in reducing cost? Whether that be at the portfolio level, level but that could include other things that are umbrellaed under the EA practice like business process and understanding how we might look at you know process um, automation, right? And eventually driving efficiency there from a cost savings perspective. Then the and then the third one might be managing risk. I mean, how many large corporations have been in the news lately, right? In the last yeah. decade. Oh my goodness. Right? Yeah. It's it's a scary thing, right? And so hopefully the EA organization and practice is being looked at to at least aid and contribute to understanding where we might have risk. And that might be where we look at some of the other detail uh, layers within the enterprise architecture practice, like the technology landscape and looking at life cycle of technologies and being able to say, hey, if we've got key capabilities and processes, let's take an example, um, payments, right? Payments is a big thing that, you know, any organization or a large enterprise, you know, deals with that, let's say that that type of capability. How do our customers deal with payments? How do we pay our employees payments in general? Yeah. Well, it's going to deal with sensitive information. And what if the technologies that are used to do payment execution, if we were to talk about it more from a business capability perspective, let's talk about at the business architecture level, payment execution is made up of process, but it's also done through technologies, which might be out of date or end of life. And so then being able to say, hey, how can we understand reduction of risk through understanding life cycle management is one avenue. Another one might be, hey, we want to stay up with our competition. To do that, we need to include better ways to either retain our employees or retain our customers through easy to use and modern payment systems, all the way to the point you think about banking industry and Venmo. Right. And what back end systems, number one, have to be able to support those kinds of capabilities. But secondly, technologies, you don't want the exposure of customers or employees personal data because you went to a cloud based microservices solution, but haven't improved or looked at the security. So, you know, you look at that and you say, how do we be a, how do we be effective as we attach ourselves to those three kinds of categories? That's super important. And if you have stepped into your EA practice not thinking about that, then you're probably going to be doing things that are more self-serving to the EA team, but not outwardly valuable to the organization. You'll eventually, and I've, I've seen this many times in 23 years of doing this, losing your funding or losing your corporate sponsorship, and then reorganizations occur and things get really, really bad at that point. So, you know, effectiveness is very important. And I think, you know, I mean, it kind of ties back to value, right? Like, how yeah. do I show the value in everything that I'm doing as an EA or in my practice? Because if you get lost, 
all the way down into the weeds of this and that and the other. And you're just doing task after task after task after task, but you're not showing value and kind of reporting that up. Right. Then yeah. like you said, you're, you're, you'll look up in a year or two and somebody goes, what are you guys doing all day? Yeah, no, it's very true. And one of the things that I find that helps there is we started that conversation around daily, weekly, monthly activities. But those things, you know, hey, what am I doing every day when I come in and I get my coffee and I say, okay, I'm going to start my EA activity, whatever that might be. It's associated to initiatives that are going on and you're, you're sought after as one of the, you know, experts that can help with this initiative. Let's say it's to revamp the payment execution system, right? So that's something you would do. But then, if you're in an EA team and let's say you've got a solution architect and a business architect who are part of that you know, virtual team that's going to go redesign that payment execution system, at some point, a target state architecture designed through the EA practice has been approved and as part of the project, keep track of that. One of the things I find very difficult. I find interesting is that enterprise architects and architecture architects in general, no matter what kind, have a hard time selling, you know, maybe or selling themselves or describing their value. But it's easier to do when you have data behind it. So being able to have, let's say, an EA solution that goes along with practice, such as ours, like a biz design solution, that that particular solution is tracking the activities you're doing daily, weekly, monthly, and showing how they contribute to the value all the way up to those categories we talked about. That's that's sure. something you could do to put, you know, something in place to actually solve or 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 respond to that challenge so of effectiveness. How do you balance the focus, right? I mean, there's so many things spinning and going. So how do you balance the effectiveness versus efficiency? That's the be- that's the real key, isn't it? Because if you don't balance that, like the example I used before, where you take a whole year to try to be effective, so you're kind of like a negative in the efficiency column, well, that can be a big problem. So the balance there is to look at things more from an agile perspective. As a matter of fact, I think you're going to maybe describe this to the folks who are listening to this blog, but we have a nice webinar. Actually, I do that webinar. It gets into much more detail. You can take a look at it, where the name of the webinar webinar is uh, you know, creating and managing an agile enterprise architecture pra- practice through good agile enterprise architecture management, right? So we we could acronym that and call it EAM, but it's it, the agile is the key point I wanted to make there. So how do you deal with agile? Well, I mean, if you look at agile and there's all kinds of frameworks that describe it in different definitions, but if you break down your EA practice in terms of capabilities that it needs to be an EA practice, services that the EA practice offers the organization when supporting initiatives like the payment execution, you know, target state transformation that's that's going on as an example. And you look at those capabilities and services that are part of that, you would really want to then say, you know, let's use let's use an agile approach through a, let's say a set of sprints instead of a year long, you know, long project where you're saying, hey, let me break down the value and then let's work in terms of sprints. Maybe they're monthly sprints where you're actually producing and up and upgrading those capabilities to be able to respond quickly in an efficient way to the initiatives and projects that are going on. Now, some of the underlying capabilities around a good EAM uh, practice is really going to deal with things like 
complexity, change management, data management, right? Those are things that the EA uh, practice needs to consider because you're dealing with a lot of data when you're dealing with EA. You really are. You, you've got an application portfolio. Hey, let's integrate to a known source for that application portfolio into the EA practice so that you can take that current state application portfolio, let's use our payment execution example. Today, the payment execution uh, might be done via old legacy applications in the back end that need to be modernized to be more cloud-based. So where do we get the information about the current state? Well, let's go get that, integrate, bring that into the EA practice, and then use the art, the EA artistic side to say, hey, let me go understand what the, the current and future landscapes look like in terms of you know, digital transformation, right? And say, we we want to have a more modern, you know, microservices, let's let's face it, even, you know, AI kind of approach uh, to design our, our, our target state way that we deal with payments to really, you know, move forward the ability that the, either the customer or the, um, the employee or however the payments are done, looks at it and says, wow, this is a very modern and easy to use system. It's a lot better than that old one we used to have, yeah. right? So that's the idea is that you are able to efficiently, through reuse and integration from the EA practice, quickly build out and respond to the initiative to revamp, ramp, revamp that payment system. And if I could just have one more minute on that. What's super important there is the agility part or the efficiency part of that so that the organization doesn't think of the EA practices, oh my gosh, those guys are just going to slow us down. All they want to do is look at standard technologies and slow our project down because they got all these check marks to make, right? And then when they're done, it goes to an, an architecture review board. And you know, now we might as well add five months to our project. No, let's not do that. Let's have the EA team work in more of an efficient manner using an agile approach with reuse and integration to the data we need to quickly respond to how we would do that with reuse and patterns that are already developed. For instance, hey, this is the, if you need a high-end, resilient cloud-based microservices solution to support the new payment system, we've already got a pattern for that. Let's bring it forward, make sure that the security is in place, and then move that project forward. And you did that through good EA practice, just as an example. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, you know, I mean, this, man, the biggest, like, kind of connect the dots for me is, I mean, I spent a decent amount kind of in the the actual, like, startup space, right? And so, you know, when you've got, like, a software developer building, you know, what what have you, I mean, let's, you know, an app or whatever, um, and you spend yeah. so much time on overbloated code and features and functions and all this stuff that, um, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, you look up in two years and go, wow, like that took me two years to find the perfect piece of application that I developed. And then you figure out that, well, 50% of the stuff that I, you know, included in this uh, app, nobody even uses. So, I mean, yeah. if you look at it from sort of your balance of efficiency versus effectiveness, it's kind of taking that agile approach of these little like software development sprints, right? So taking a week or two, building out something, testing it, tweaking it, showing its value before kind of you look up in three years and go, oh my goodness, we went through our entire runway of funding on our app and all we have is <laughs> a dead end at the end of the road. 
Yeah. And if you've already got your capabilities kind of defined for the EA practice, but also the capabilities, the business architecture and some of the current state information that you need, current state like uh, business architecture, application data and technology in an EA, let's say, repository that you can quickly grab a hold of, reuse and say, now let me build a target state for this thing. I'm on a sprint. I'm supporting an initiative and I want to be deemed as useful from an, yeah. uh, a, a, you know making this thing agile, but also from an effectiveness because the effectiveness says, hey, let's make sure this is the best target state we can use to really support our customers, our employees. That's where you then go back and you think about you know that effectiveness from a value perspective. And if you just have those kind of approaches, and there's some detail behind the covers on both of those. And it is a balance. I think we end with something uh, that we started with, and that is it is a balancing act. One can play against the other. I can be so efficient that I produce non-quality results, which can really hurt you on the whole cost avoidance side, right? You've introduced risk instead of reducing it. You can be so effective that time to market fails, right? So it, it isn't like a, a super... Uh, uh, cookie cutter thing. You have to balance that uh, with variability in the situation you're in. But I think these are very important things to think about. And they're the things I've thought about over the years of, you know, actually bumping my knee along the way through the last 20 years trying, trying to do these things. <laughs> well, and I mean, and I think this is why uh, they've coined you the godfather of enterprise architecture, right? I mean, I think just because you have so much knowledge, I mean, you'll probably forget more about enterprise architecture than I'll ever know, um, which, you know, I mean, you mentioned the webinar earlier, um, you know, and you I, I, you do dive a lot deeper in that webinar, which we can link in the description for this podcast and um, in the blog that we post for this podcast. So, I mean, certainly if you have the time, it's an on-demand webinar. You can go to our website uh, or click the link and, and find it and watch it um, at your own time, you know, whenever you want to. But, I mean, I, Dan goes in much greater detail of how to approach, you know, effectiveness versus efficiency um, and by using more or less the tool that we provide, you know, the business design horizon software platform. Um, so Dan, I mean, I know you're a busy man, so I appreciate you taking the time today uh, to come on the show, talk to everyone. Let me use you in the beginning for a little bit of your expense of, uh, you know, losing all your money in Vegas, but we did have a great time <laughs> doing that. So uh, I'll, I'll let you off the hot seat of, of losing all your money there. So, I mean, I really Hopefully do. the next uh, show is not in Vegas. <laughs> no, it's uh, Walt Disney World. So, oh, uh, another yeah, place to lose Orlando, money. We'll, we will be. So if you are listening to this and you plan to go to the Gartner uh, IT Symposium in Orlando um, in October, I believe, we'll be there. So, you know, which I don't know, is, is Vegas or Disney more expensive? I don't know, you know, D Disney, Disney is not expensive at all, is it? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think Disney's pretty cute. I tell you yeah. what, I'll, I'll do a plug for Disney. My kids grew up with different trips we've taken there and we just loved it. I mean, uh, so many memories. So that is a cool place. In fact, when I go 
for work to Disney, which I have several times in my career, I almost have this fat, sad feeling like, oh, man, I should be here with my kids. Now it's, of course, grandkids. But uh, <laughs> I know. Well, so I'll uh, I'll be going and, you know, I mean, I'm, we've never taken our kids. They're only like five and three, but I'll be going right. and uh, it probably will hit me that, oh, man, like this is all they talk about going to Disney World and uh, I'll be there. But, you know, of course, we'll be we'll be working the show. We won't be uh, meeting Mickey and riding rides. So. <laughs> In between. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Well, sir, right. thank you so much for uh, giving us your time today, and thank you all for for listening. We will see you next time. Thanks again for listening. And as we mentioned, if you'd like to watch Dan's on-demand webinar, just visit bizdesign.com, click on resources in the main menu, and then webinars, and you'll be in the right spot. We always like hearing from our listeners, so you can email us at podcast at bizdesign.com with any feedback or potential ideas for guests as well. Also, please make sure you leave a positive review for this podcast wherever you listen. Until next time, I'm Will Hardison. We'll see you in a future state.